0: Welcome to the UTG at Work podcast. I'm Deacon Mike Houghton. I'm the executive director and apostolate called UTG at Work. Our mission is to help women and men joyfully live their faith and witness to Christ in the gospel in the workplace. I'm happy to be with you as we explore the Sunday gospel in ways that help people who work. You can find this podcast as well as helpful articles, videos, and other materials on our website, which is utgatwork.org. You can also subscribe to this podcast through Apple Podcasts Google Podcasts, Spotify, and other podcasting sites. This weekend, we celebrate the fourth Sunday at an ordinary time, and our gospel is a reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. Then they came to Capernaum, and on the Sabbath, Jesus entered the synagogue and taught. The people were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority, and not as the scribes. In their synagogue was a man with an unclean spirit. He cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Jesus rebuked him and said, Quiet, come out of him. The unclean spirit convulsed him, and with a loud cry came out of him. All were amazed and asked one another, What is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. His fame spread everywhere throughout the whole region of Galilee. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. For many of us Detroit-area residents, this is a pretty remarkable time. Our beloved Lions are going to play for the conference championship. For as long as we've suffered with poor teams, I think many of us just figured that the second coming of Christ would get here before this day. Well, I suppose it still could, so maybe this is just another reminder that we always need to be prepared. Football is a very aggressive sport. I played fullback for Wayne State many years ago, and I vividly remember how violent the hits could be. And this was a Division two school. I can't even imagine how much harder they would be in Division One, much less in the pros. When we watch a football game on TV, it sometimes looks like poetry in motion, with plays being executed to perfection, and announcers who can dissect it all and break it down into strategies for us. But down there on the field, it's not poetry, it's war. Over the years, I've sometimes equated the aggressiveness of the sport of football to the aggressiveness of Satan. He's truly on the attack always seeking ways to knock us off our path to holiness. He plays by no rules, and he's always looking for a cheap shot to throw us off our game. Today's gospel is a good example of this. If you pull back and ponder it for just a moment, a few interesting questions come from this passage. First, why was a man with an unclean spirit in the temple on the Sabbath at all? Doesn't that seem odd? What about the words that the evil spirit spoke to Jesus? They require some interpretation. So, let's start with the man with the evil spirit. It's unexpected that a man possessed by a demon would be in a place where people come to worship God. You can imagine the turmoil inside of him as the scriptures, the Old Testament scriptures, of course, were read and he was forced to listen without exposing his hatred for God. The fact that the man was there at all tells us that even in the holiest of places, evil can creep in. Evil is like filth and grime in a house. Some people. Fight to keep it under control for their entire lives, while others just live with it with no concern. But even in the cleanest of houses, there are still places that are dirty. As sad as it is to say, not everyone who comes to Mass on Sunday is a disciple of the Lord. At any given Mass, there are undoubtedly people sitting in the pews, perhaps even sitting in the clergy chairs in the sanctuary, who are living in great sin. There may even be people who are possessed by the devil himself, as was the man in today's gospel passage. As holy a place as church is, it's not without evil. And if that's a reality in a place like a synagogue or a church, how much more so at work? Well, there are many wonderful people at work who are brother and sister disciples. There are many others who harbor great evil in their hearts and who can't wait to attack us Christians for our faith. St. Peter put it this way, Your opponent, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. We who are people of faith have to be realistic about the fact that Satan is everywhere, and most certainly he is Lord of some with whom we work. And what about the words that the spirit in the possessed man said to Jesus? He asked Jesus, have you come here to destroy us? You'll notice that he didn't challenge anything that Jesus preached that day in the synagogue. He didn't try to contradict him. He didn't even argue with him. No, he simply lamented the fact that Jesus is going to bring to an end his possession of the man. Evil it turns out is content to hide in the shadows. But when it's exposed for what it really is, it will try to divert attention away from the real issue and focus the conversation instead on something that will support its continuation. The media is particularly good at using this type of diversion. They celebrate the tangential benefits of so many things that are in direct violation of the laws of God, in direct violation of the Ten Commandments, even in direct violation of what someone with a clear mind would say is common sense. But they will not address the sin itself head on. We don't often talk about evil today. If we do, we run the risk of being perceived as judgmental or not politically correct. But given that evil can hold sway over where we'll spend our eternity, should we not be more open to discussing it? Albert Einstein once said, The world is a dangerous place to live, not because of the people who are evil, but because of the people who don't do anything about it. Imagine if the Lions got into the championship game next Sunday and just relaxed and trusted that everyone was going to play fair and that no one wants anyone else to get hurt. Not only would we lose the game by dozens of points, but we'd send half our team into the blue tent or into the locker room for injuries. No, the lions need to be bold to confront their opponent, or their opponent's boldness will put an end to their dreams. And in the same way, we need to be bold about our faith, or Satan will put an end to our dreams. We need a kind of boldness that the early church embraced, an apostolic boldness. Apostolic boldness is one of the six habits that Archbishop Vigneron calls out in Unleash the Gospel. He says this, A quality that stood out among the early Christians was their boldness in proclaiming the gospel even in the face of hostility and persecution. They did not hesitate to proclaim Jesus as the one Savior whom God offers to the whole human race and to call their listeners to repentance and conversion. Their boldness was not a human personality trait, but the result of an intimate union with Christ. Notice how boldly Jesus addressed the evil spirit when he spoke up in today's gospel. He didn't try to reason with him nor did he offer to look for common ground. He simply said, quiet, come out of him. And that was it. The evil spirit left the man. We need more apostolic boldness in our places of work if we're going to successfully share the good news with our co-workers. We can never make a convert to the faith if we're unwilling to share the faith. Now, sharing your faith doesn't always make a person convert, but as Wayne Gretzky said, you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. My experience has been that our Protestant brothers and sisters are much more willing to display apostolic boldness than we Catholics. This is true both in a general sense and also at work, but we're all called to apostolic boldness regardless of what flavor of Christian we may be. So today, I encourage you to be bold at work, to witness to your faith by your words and your actions in ways that call out evil for what it is and put it in its place. As I say at the end of all of these UCG at Work podcasts, I encourage you to boldly live your faith in the workplace in the week ahead. Thanks for joining me for this week's UTG at Work podcast. I look forward to meeting again next week. In the meantime, I encourage you to boldly live your faith in the workplace in the week ahead. I'll pray for your success, and I ask you pray for the success of this UTG at Work apostolate. If you want to learn more about us, please visit utgatwork.org. Now go in peace, glorifying the Lord by your life.